Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I am so excited for today's episode. So let's just jump right in. On the podcast today is Brittany Priori, and Brittany is the founder and editor of The Right Dose. And The Right Dose is a community of intelligent, brave, and strong young women who are sharing their stories through their expression of art. And I was so excited to connect with Brittany, to get her on this podcast, and to have her share her story and what inspired her to start The Right Dose. What I love so much about The Right Dose is that they're really giving a voice to all women sharing diverse perspectives and insight. And too often, I really believe this, too often these diverse perspectives are not given a space to have their voices be heard. And Brittany is changing that. She's shifting the dialogue and opening up the conversation and really spreading the message of community and sisterhood. I so resonate with the mission behind The Right Dose. The mission is really to empower and inspire and unite women through the content they're creating and the stories they're telling. And I say this on my website, and I know I've said this before on this podcast, but there is real power in storytelling and real power in authentically showing up as who we really are and just authentically sharing ourselves. And this was such a fun episode to record. This was such a fun conversation. And I really think it's because Brittany is authentic to the core. She shares so much of herself on today's episode. And it was so fun to get to know her through this conversation. She has some amazing insights and some great advice. And her life experiences are just so relatable. She says this so well on today's episode. Through really expressing ourselves and relating to other women, we can really love ourselves and accept ourselves entirely. And that's really what it's all about. It's about opening ourselves up and stepping into that vulnerability and by extension, really stepping into our power and lifting ourselves up and lifting each other up. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. All of the information for The Right Dose, their Instagram, Facebook, website, and how you can get involved is included in the show notes for today's episode. And as always, you can access those show notes by going to our website, seekthejoypodcast.com forward slash show dash notes. And I would just so encourage you to check out The Right Dose and get involved. And yeah, that's it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Brittany. My name is Brittany. I am the founder and the editor of therightdose.com. We are an online community made up of women in many different places in their lives. And we have come together because we really just want to kind of unite women more and, and help us express ourselves. And I came up with that idea with expressing ourselves through whatever version of art we feel most comfortable in, whether that's photography or even cooking or writing and poetry, if you, if that's, you know, something that interests you, but it's a way for women to really, to express themselves, to relate to other women and to kind of refocus on what's important. And to us, that is loving ourselves and accepting ourselves entirely, despite any judgment that society can put on us. And we do welcome all writers and photographers and artists alike. We are always looking for contributor writers. I think people, I have a lot of people come up to me 
and, and they assume that I have specific people that write about specific things, but that's not it at all. We welcome any and everyone who wants to contribute to the site. Yeah, I think that's great too, because I think when people come across new platforms, they assume, you know, exactly what you said, that they have writers already kind of booked for different topics. But I mm-hmm. think, you know, when you want to create that inclusive messaging and really kind of walk, walk your talk, it's so important to have those diverse perspectives and and contributors. So I love that you've really opened up the field to just as many women who want to get involved and, and contribute. Yeah, definitely. I really agree. I think the diverse perspective, you know, even if I have three writers who want to talk about the same thing, they've all gone through different experiences in it. So all the stories are going to be different. So that's why I'm continuously looking for people to share their stories because it's just as important as the ones that I have now sharing their stories, even if it's the same topic. I mean, I know such a huge focus of of the right dose is including those diverse perspectives. And I really like that aspect of the right dose. And what really inspired you to want to have such an inclusive message? Because I think it's so important and there needs to be more of it, but I'm not sure how much of that is really is really out there. When I first started the right dose, it was actually just supposed to be from my point of view. All the articles were supposed to be written by me and that was it. But the more people started finding out about it, they wanted to be involved in it because they truly believed in the message of what it was. And my first contributor actually was a food columnist. And I never had planned on having, you know, any kind of food column on my page, but I realized, hey, this is her expression of self-love and her expression of art and any perspective that she just has on, on being her and being a woman. And so with that came other women wanting to be involved in the website. And I just realized, you know, I've been through a lot, but I don't, I haven't been through it all. And if I'm trying to come out here and relate to women and, and help them and, and, you know, empower them in any way, it can't just be my voice. It needs to be all of our voices because we've all been through, you know, such diverse experiences that make it bigger than what it would have been, you know? So for me, um, I just couldn't write about it all and I needed more women to share their perspective and, and their experiences. And I think that's helped fundamentally with the website. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your point about you haven't done it all and you don't know it all and you have your perspective. And of course that's important because, you know, everyone has something to contribute, but including those diverse perspectives and experiences, I think it also just gives things a more well-rounded feel to them too. Do you know what I mean? And I think, yeah. and that that's not to say that, you know, maybe in two months, someone will come up, come along with another perspective that adds to that topic and that conversation and, and helps to fill the gaps with, with their perspective too. And I, I think that's such a unique aspect of your platform too. And I don't know how many are doing that. And I love that you're doing that. Yeah. I actually really hope that we do have more women to fill the gaps, like you said, because you know, sometimes I'll read articles that are written by my, by my writers and I'm, I'm in the process of editing them. And I'm like, wow, this is so interesting, but I wonder what someone else's point of view on this is because, you know, sometimes if it's not something I've been through, I really can't have a legitimate perspective because I haven't been through that experience. But for someone who has, I always wonder, I'm like, well, how did, how did they feel from it? And, you know, so it's always great when we get new writers and they come in with, with new experiences, because to me, it's just, it broadens it even more. Oh yeah. I think that's a great point too, because I say this all the time on this podcast and in my life, but everybody has a message to share that's so important and unique to their lives and and their experience. And I just love the fact that you really do show these different perspectives and voices. And right now, I think especially too often, I don't know, I think 
these unique perspectives and points of view are sort of being drowned out by the mainstream media. And I just think the more opportunities we have to share our unique voice and our perspective, definitely the better. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially with what you said about uh, the mainstream media. I think that something people forget is that what we go through is more important than I guess what is in the media, you know, like reflecting on someone's life who has nothing kind of to do with yours. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was something really important. I wanted to draw to this website. I was, I was very tired of people focusing on things that didn't matter or that weren't helping them improve um, issues that they were going through. Yeah, that's a great point too, because I think what we see right now and, and not so much in the wellness space, I just think in the mainstream space, we were constantly bombarded by the negativity and what's going on in the world. And I think awareness of all that is really important and crucial. Um, but again, that fine balance you have to strike for yourself. But I think there aren't enough stories out there that we can relate to and enough, you know, voices out there that are kind of speaking their truth and, and that attract kind of that wide stream audience. So do you find that that's really what inspired you to start the right dose? Well, when I first came up with the idea of the right dose, I was actually an undergrad and I studied psychology as an undergrad. I was supposed to be getting a PhD right now in clinical psychology. Hmm. And I had specialized in child psychology for five years. So to me, children and adolescents were my focus. My main focus to me, they're the future. Um, and those are the people that we really need to help and shape um, to grow and succeed. And so when I first came up with the right dose, it was a completely different idea. And I was in the middle of undergrad, you know, intensive studying for GRE, taking finals and internships. And I was like, you know, I don't have time for this now, but I'll come back to it in a couple of years. So after I graduated, um, I had to make the choice of getting my PhD or pursuing my love of writing. And I just felt so uneasy about getting my PhD. Like it was something I had been preparing for for five years and I was so excited about it. And suddenly it just felt wrong. And, um, I kept thinking that I had this calling to writing. It was my first love. I started it when I was 15 and I always thought that that was the way that I was going to help people. And I just thought, you know, I decided I was going to take a year off. You know, my parents were not happy hmm. and I was going to pursue careers in writing. And I had enough, I had no knowledge about this field. You know, I had been immersed in the field of psychology for five years. So getting into this field and these careers, I knew nothing about. So got into my first job and I didn't love it. At first I was like, oh, this is great. I'm an adult. I graduated. I have a, a real job. And it wasn't enough for me. I didn't feel fulfilled and I didn't feel like I was doing anything to help people. So I sought out to find another job after a couple of months and I landed a position with this company that I chased after I emailed them nonstop. I wanted to work for them so badly. And finally I got a job with them and I was happy the first couple of weeks. And then I kept going into work with anxiety and panic every single day. I felt hmm. so sad and I didn't understand what it was from. And then finally I realized it was because I wasn't doing what I really loved. I wasn't doing anything to help people. And I decided to quit. And again, that did not go over well with my parents because I had to get them around this idea of this website that I had created in my mind and I had to get them on board and support me with that. So I'd be able to, you know, afford it financially and just to have the support of people, you know, positive mm -hmm. support. And so I 
I just decided that I was going to create the right dose and I was going to take my love of psychology and my love of writing and mesh the two. And so I came up with this concept and it kind of evolved into its own thing. And we just came about the right dose. Amazing. I can totally relate to your story. I had a similar situation in the sense that I was following what I thought was my passion. And that's funny you studied psychology in college um, because I was a, well, I was a social science with an emphasis in psychology major. But when I was in law school, my first externship, clerkship, whatever, after my first year was at the district attorney's office um, because I was convinced I wanted to be a prosecutor. And I ended up in the most intense division, the major crimes division, like serial killers. And I thought this was where I wanted to be. And then two weeks into it, the intense panic and the anxiety and the crying and couldn't figure out why. And then it occurred to me because this was not my path. Um, so I totally relate to to what you were saying, just you know, realizing that you weren't fulfilling you know, your purpose and what you wanted to do. And, and I think the part about serving people and helping people, I think kind of the backbone of what you've developed with the right dose. So where do you see the community that you've built and this aspect of wanting to really help others? Where do you see that going? Well, as we both discussed before, the main mission of the website is to empower and unite women. And I just don't believe that there's enough female support in the world. And I really want to change that. And I think as women, when we come together, we are so much stronger and smarter and capable. And it's mm-hmm. not that we aren't any of those things as independent individuals, but a sisterhood is something very powerful. And I just, when I think of the right dose, I just think of the future and how much stronger women can get and how much louder we can get. And I just think of us growing as the female population increases in its power. And, um, you know, in terms of though the site actually evolving and adding things to us and, you know, we definitely had plans for that, but I just, as long as the right dose is there is like a little voice in your ear to empower you every day. That's, that's where I see it. Yeah. I think what you said about as we kind of, as women grow into our power, I just think that's so well said. I think we're really beginning to see women rise up and use their voice and kind of have had enough, to be honest. And I think as we continue to support one another, and and I think there isn't enough of that right now. I think it's growing and I think we're seeing more of it. But I think what I've started to realize is there's so much power in banding together and supporting one another and, you know, using my shoulders to help boost someone else. Yes. But I don't know if there's enough of that yet. And I, I think it will take some time. And I think we're getting there. But I think, I don't know, I think especially with your platform and, and as you continue to grow and evolve and as other platforms and other organizations and podcasts and media and, and whatever else it might be, you know, who start to grow and in, into that space. And I think embrace that power, it's going to improve and we're going to feel stronger and, and really start to change the world because I really think it's going to be, it's going to be about women. And I kind of have a feeling you, you feel that way too. I do. And you know, it's so funny because, you know, people don't realize that my two biggest supporters in my life are my dad and my boyfriend. I have a boyfriend of eight years Hmm. and my father has played both role and mother and father for me. And so a lot of the times, you know, when I meet people, they're like, oh my God, you must have had such a powerful mom. And I said, no, I had a very powerful father Hmm. who taught me how a woman should be treated. And so when I think of men, I think of every man needing to be like my father and my boyfriend because they're just 
they're amazing, you know? And so when I think of women, I think of all women needing to take over and realizing that if you don't have a man like that in your life, you need to go find one because it's not just about like women for me. It's about all of us being cohesively supportive of one another. Yeah. And like, that's the biggest thing with the website. I think that I, I try to emphasize that a lot though, that women are so, we're so the future, you know, I totally see it. We're out there, we're doing things, but it's like when men and women can both come together, it's just such a, it's such a better place, you know, and it's a stronger environment and a stronger place. And it's just important. I think part of the problem is the divisiveness. And I think for so many women, and I, I don't know if it's just women, I think just in society right now, in general, I think so many people think in order for women to step into their power and own their voice and really be authentic and, and just really show up for themselves. You know, I think a lot of people think that means bashing men. And I think about all of those memes, you know, that are like men are trash and, you know, all this other stuff that we see. And sure, there are men and women both alike who are not great people, but for one subset of the population or to step into owning who they are, it doesn't require us to bash the other. And I think that's such a great point. And I think it's really lost on a large part of the population. And I also, this just reminded me, I think it also goes back to remembering that cohesiveness, you know, as we work together, as, you know, men and women support each other, and not feel threatened. And it's about that community and not the competition. And and that's pervasive, that sense of competition, you know, within circles of just women and in circles of just men and in circles of women and men. But I really love that point. And, you know, having that strong male figure in your life, I think, like you said, and and knowing your worth and how you should be treated and, and the opportunities that are out there for you. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, actually going back to, you know, what you said before about women and you, you say that you see it growing and there's not, it's not quite a lot yet, but you know, there's a lot and we're growing in our community of of supporting each other. I really believe that sometimes women are really afraid to trust other women because, Mm -hmm. you know, from a very young age with, with television and movies, we're taught that women are catty and that they betray each other and that you can't really trust them. And that happens so much on shows and boys are always the center of that. And I think what I've found in my personal experience is that sometimes a woman has been burned, unfortunately, by another woman, or they have learned and saw something, you know, as an outsider, and it makes them feel that they can't trust. And I think the thing that's happening now is women are finally realizing that we can really trust each other and we're not there to, to tear each other down. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I, I do try to preach about on the, on the website and on any of our social media platforms, because it's, it's important to remember that, you know, another woman isn't, isn't trying to bring you down or, or help you fail. You know, we want to help you succeed. Yeah. I think, uh, that's definitely an image and a storyline that's, um, very pervasive in in media and television and movies. And I think it's about unlearning that methodology of thinking. And because if that's what you're exposed to, this idea that women are our competition and not our support system, I think uh, you start to believe it. And um, too often, I think, yeah, it's about realizing that that's really not the case and that women and men alike are, are here to support you on your journey for you, what has the journey been like 
creating the right dose. Have you felt that support that we're sort of touching on or did you have moments where you, you really felt like that support was lacking? I, you know, this process has been so transformative. It truly has been a journey of self-discovery. I feel more motivated than ever before, more determined, more at peace with what it is I really want to do. And that was because of, you know, the empowerment and the support I had from the women around me, you know, I, and even men, I actually have so many men tell me like, this is such a great thing that I'm doing. I feel that when I, I think when I first started the right dose, it was very secretive. No one knew what I was doing. It took me three months to completely build everything and get us online. And, um, I didn't tell many people because I was afraid of the negativity and, um, Looking back, I shouldn't have been because when I came out with it, I I had an influx of messages and emails and phone calls from from different women in my life or um, people through association of other friends just supporting me and telling me that they truly love what I'm doing or people mm-hmm. I haven't even heard from in years. And to me, that was beautiful because I was really expecting and it, I'm, you know this is probably you know something negative for me, but I was expecting people to either not mention it or not follow our page or you know, say something maybe crummy to someone else that would get back to me. And it was like totally the opposite. You know, women were so incredibly supportive. And I was so thankful for that because it really kind of just encouraged me that what I'm doing is for the better, you know? Yeah. I think when you, and this happened for me too, when you start something new and you're so excited about it and you're passionate about it, and it's kind of like your baby, you know, you don't want to hear any negativity uh, you're, you maybe, like you said, you fear a negative response. And so you kind of keep it secret and kind of close to the vest. And that's what I did too when I first started this podcast. And then when you start really putting it out there and you see the response and how it's being embraced. And it, like you said, it makes you realize you really didn't need to be so worried or kind of secretive with with your platform, you know, once you were starting it. And I think that's amazing what you said, how it's been kind of a journey of self-discovery. And what do you think you've learned the most about yourself going through this process of, of really starting and, and building the right dose? And I think it's a couple months old at this point, right? So it hasn't been around for that long. She's a baby. She was only launched on like October 10th or 9th, I think. And it's only December 5th. Yeah. And it's growing so much already. Yeah. She, I love, I call her she, like I, you know, our logo actually, I have a graphic designer who I've become very close with throughout this whole process. And we call her Dozy. Hmm. And it's a reference to Gilmore Girls because of Dozy's market. And then also because it's called the right dose. So we just called her Dozy. I, yeah, I am really proud of her, but I've learned so much. I, I just, the one thing I honestly tell my family all the time is I'm capable of doing anything. I can literally do anything if I tried hard enough at it. And I say that because one, I am so proud of myself and I did it all on my own, but that is incredible to me because I'm a a huge daddy's girl and I seek his advice and his aid in most things I do. And with the right dose, it was all me from start to finish. It was all mine. I didn't ask for advice from anybody. I just knew what I wanted to do. I figured things out from making you know, creating an LLC and making us a small business corporation, getting our tax identification code, like all these things that go into making a small business. I did on my own without seeking help because I knew if, you know, if I was going to create this and I was going to do this, this was a major step in my life, a growing process. And I needed to do it on my own. And I couldn't, I couldn't depend on someone's help. 
And I think that for me kind of just pushed me actually into adulthood more than anything else. Yeah. You really have to, I think, own what you want to do and go for it. And I love that you really just took care of every aspect of it, you know, just went with it and trusted your gut and your intuition and and kind of what you wanted to do. And I, I don't know about you, but I found that sometimes when I share too much of my plan or my vision or what it is I want to do, you kind of you open yourself up to the positive feedback, but also the people in your life who, who question it. Like, do you really think that's a good idea? And, yeah. uh, should you be doing it that way? And not to say there isn't validity in that kind of feedback, because I think it gives you the opportunity to weigh for yourself, you know, whether or not this aligns with what you're thinking, or is this totally not what you're thinking, or maybe they have a valid point and I need to change, you know, an aspect of my plan. But there's really something to be said for doing it all by yourself. And it, it with that, you really own it too. Definitely. And I honestly think sometimes when you do let people in, um, it, you kind of open the door for unsolicited advice and it's not, or unsolicited opinions, I should say, because, mm-hmm. and it's not that it's a bad thing, you know, because people may see things that you don't see. And that's, that's great because it kind of catches you and, and you didn't realize this area was faulty or this area needed improvement. But sometimes when you allow people to give you opinions and advice, they overwelcome that and they just come and come and come and and they don't realize that this is actually not theirs. It's yours. And so then it becomes a point where, and this, this did happen to me that I had to stop sharing as much because I didn't, I didn't need that feedback from people all the time. I didn't, it wasn't their vision and their platform. I needed to remember that it was my own. And I think that's something most people need to remember and think of when starting something new. Yeah. I love that you said unsolicited opinions because I think the constructive criticism, like I was saying, is great. But then people start to adopt it as their own. And and it's great that people get heavily invested. You know, you want people to feel your passion. But yeah, it's like kind of a boundary thing. You know, you got to set it up for yourself and and this is exactly. mine and this is what I'm going to do and this is my vision. And, you know, your vision is a good one. You've created this whole, you know, platform and the sisterhood and the community and just what has the feedback been like from readers so far for you? Oh, I love it. You know, I was actually going to mention this earlier when you were saying what was the reception to when I launched it with, with people around me. And I remember thinking to myself, because the feedback, I got from the readers that if I would have had a negative kind of coming out with the website from people, I don't think it would have bothered me in the end because I have such a positive online community of women that it kind of makes, it would have made up for it. Mm-hmm. And I love when I get messages from people telling me that an article really helped them and, um, or even a post that I, I put up on Instagram you know, got them through their day and, and, or it's just like, it's so great for me to know that even with the small platform we've had, I've influenced someone somehow positively. And again, it's not just me because the articles aren't, are not only my own, you know, it's the perspective of other women in the articles they've written for us, but just to know that we were able to do something so positive for someone and they are open enough to tell me about it. To me, that's everything. To me, that is the exact reason why I started doing it. And it's been so great. Yeah, I think it's that vulnerability aspect of the articles and the stories that you're sharing. And and even, you know, your Instagram and your social media posts, I think it's opening 
you know, your, your writers and you included, you're opening yourselves up to that level of vulnerability. And I, I think it provides for that deeper connection. And I, and it doesn't surprise me that that's the response that you're getting, because I think the more that we're open, you know, with what we're going through. And I know you shared recently a story about, or you were talking about sharing a story about how you cleared up. I think it was your hormonal acne. And I think yeah. for so many people, that's such a sensitive, and for me too, a sensitive topic. And it really is vulnerable to put yourself in your skin and your face kind of out there and and open it up for conversation. And I think, I think that's where the connection comes from is really that level of vulnerability. Definitely. And you know, it's funny because um, I know my, my loyal followers very well. I, I literally, I read every comment, I view every single like, and I know, I just kind of know who the first like 30 likes will be because it's usually the same people. And I love <laughs> that. Yeah. And, um, I had, I, the other day I posted something and someone commented and I love this woman. She comments on everything. She messages me all the time. And she was thanking me for being open about these, these hardships that I face. And that is very true on my Instagram, especially because I run Instagram completely. I run all social media and a lot of the time, you know, the comments are for me and what I'm feeling. But a lot of the times I think about what my contributing writers are facing or what my friends are going through. And I, I don't just find a quote and think, Oh, this is great. It'll inspire someone. I really think about what it is my friends and my family are going through. Mm -hmm. And I, when I see a quote that relates to someone I know, I'm like, all right, this is going to relate to a ton of other people too. Let's get this out there. And sure enough, those people that I thought of when I posted it will message me saying that quote inspired them so much. So for me, it's just, it's, it's so beautiful. It's a great, it's a great platform to have. Yeah. I think it's connecting that way and, and really getting a sense for, for what people are going through and, and I think what you go through and what I go through, and it's very similar to what everyone else around us is going through. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to sort of step outside yourself and think about, all right, what is going to help someone else out today? You know, what can I put out there that maybe, you know, as they're scrolling through their feed, they may come across and and connect to and, and maybe it doesn't hit them right away either. You know, maybe it's something that two hours later, it clicks and it, you know, remembering what they read kind of gets them through their day. I think it's, it's so great to hear just how involved you are and how you really think about what other people are going through and what they're going to connect to. Yeah. I definitely think that when I created this, that was the, that was literally the foundation of it. It was a passion of mine since I was in high school to just relate and connect with people because to me, the biggest thing that I want to spread is people knowing that they are not alone in the issues that they face. And to me, that is something so important because as someone who has gone through severe depression and anxiety, um, especially at a young age, and it kind of followed me throughout college and stuff. To me, when I was so isolated in those situations, the biggest thing I wanted was to relate to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of was the premise of why the right dose to me would, would be so effective. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you if wanting to connect with people this way. And, and this is also a huge premise of my podcast is wanting people to know and remember that they're not alone. And I think so often when we go through different hardships or trials in our lives or, and sometimes even just even the really positive, happy moments, I think we forget that there are others out there who can relate or who want to even share in what you're going through. And, and, and remembering that we're not alone is so 
I just think it's so important to our own mental health and happiness going forward because I think so often we feel that level of isolation. And so what I was going to ask you was if this aspect of your work and what you're doing, if if this is really where your big passions lie. Yeah, I think my biggest passion is just helping people, relating to people, being there for people. And it started from a very young age. I, um, When I was 15 years old, I think for some reason my parents' divorce just affected me the most. And I was dealing with my first adolescent heartbreak and, you know, issues with friends in high school and all of it kind of just built on top of each other. And I, you know, I got very depressed and I felt so alone in the way that I felt. And I was actually, it's incredible because the other day I was editing an article for the website and this contributing writer happens to be someone that I have not spoken to since high school. And when I came out with the page, she, she messaged me and she wanted to contribute. And I was like, yes, 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 yes because I know the things that she's gone through. She has great perspective. She's a great writer. And so I was editing one of her articles and she was talking about how these things that happened to her in high school. And I kind of just stopped. And I was just like, holy cow, because we were good friends in high school. We had the same group of people. We spoke, you know, we were friends and we both were simultaneously going through these similar, you know, hardship and not speaking about it. So we felt so alone in what we were going through. And to me, kind of just reading that, it kind of solidified the fact that, yeah, you know, the way I felt other people feel. And that was the exact reason why I started writing a book. I started this website because it was a way to show people that they are not alone in what they face, you know, because Mm -hmm. not other people do make it out. You know, unfortunately, there are some people who, you know, have thoughts of suicide or they turn to addiction to help, you know, help them cope. And to me, I think when you know that other people are struggling with the same things that you're struggling with, it helps you feel stronger because you know that you're not alone in what you're going through. Yeah. I think one of the worst things is to feel alone. And I, I think it's so incredible that you both were going through very similar experiences and just didn't know. And I also think it's kind of a reflection of maybe the time too. I think uh, when I, and I have a feeling we were in high school around the same time, but when I was in high school, it really didn't feel safe or or open or okay to really express what you were going through. And I think there's a lot of shame and a lot of fear around really expressing who you really are and what you're really going through and being open and honest about it. And not to say there isn't that level of shame or fear or just lack of support maybe now. I think things are improving, but I think there are a lot of similarities now. But I think we're sort of moving out of that. And I think with social media and um, people who are in the spotlight really coming forward and being honest about their own struggles, I think it's opening up the conversation and the dialogue and making it okay as it should be but making it more okay to say I'm having a really bad day and it's not just a bad day I'm actually really depressed and I've had thoughts of suicide or my anxiety is so bad I can't leave the house and and being open about it without fear of judgment or fear of isolation and I think we're moving in that direction there's still a lot of shame and um, just people not feeling okay you know, sharing that. But the fact that you both are going through very similar things, I think it sort of proves that, you know, there's a lot more work to be done and, and opening up the space and the dialogue and and the conversation. And, and I think with the right dose, I think you're doing that. And I think the more content you put out there and it's all real and authentic content, you know, there's nothing that you're putting out there that's fake or phony or exaggerated. And I think that's, what's so cool too. But I think the more, you know, you do that, and others do that too. It'll 
it'll make us all know and realize that we're not alone and it's okay to share and it's okay to be honest. Definitely. And I think one of the biggest things is, you know, especially when you and I were in high school is that we didn't have the online community that we have. We didn't mm-hmm. even, I think Google had just really come around, you know, and YouTube and, and Facebook. Um, it was like the beginning of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Super new. And we didn't have, you know, Instagram and Facebook was not what it is today where, no. you know, all these online magazines are on there with articles. And I think when at our age, when we didn't feel, and even today, when you don't feel comfortable sharing what you're going through with other people, and that kind of causes an isolation and you feel more comfortable turning to a book or a magazine or a TV show or, you know, an online website, it helps you to know that other people aren't, are are going through the same things as you, even if they're not next to you. And that's kind of empowering. And that kind of was the premise of why I wanted the right dose, you know? Totally. What does empowerment mean to you? Empowerment to me is just the unity of people, you know, not Mm -hmm. just women, the unity and people supporting people, accepting them, believing in them. You know, it's all about helping each other and trying to help each other's lives in any way that we can. You know, we all want success and happiness and love and friendship, and we can make that possible for people, you know, like if we can just do it, you know, why not? So to me, that's empowerment. You know, it's accepting you as, you know, who you are, accepting someone as they are, you know, realizing your differences, seeing the strengths and each other's differences, and just kind of learning how to live and and go farther together because of those differences. Oh, that's such a great definition. I love it. How, How do you really empower yourself because I think so often we talk about empowerment and, um, but I don't know how often we talk about how we really empower ourselves. And I think by empowering ourselves, we can really start to empower others. And so in your own life, how do you really empower yourself? I think the biggest thing that I do is one, if I'm going through something, I like to find that other people are going through it. I'm a very communicative person. I talk so incredibly much. (laughs) So if I am going through something, I really do like to seek out comfort in my friends and my family because it helps me know that, okay, other people went through this one, it's normal. And two, I can make it out okay. You know, but other than that, I just, I like to reassure myself of my skills and my intelligence and, you know, what I'm doing. I don't ever, ever talk down to myself. I'm, I'm just not one of those people that look in the mirror and think negatively. You know, even when my acne was at its worst and people were like, how do you leave the house like that? I never thought that of myself because I just think when you start putting negativity in your own head, it's kind of like end game. You know what I mean? Because only you can empower yourself and bring yourself up. So I think with friends, I'm constantly, I think when you're my best friend, like you'll know, I'm constantly telling you how beautiful, smart you are, how creative, how you're capable of doing anything. And I think just priding people on the great things that they do and the things that they may not realize that they do it's just a really great way of empowerment because you're showing them who they really are, even if they don't see that person. Yeah. I think we're often, um, our friends best mirrors and they're the best mirror of who we are too. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you surround yourself with those people who, uh, if you're not going to talk down to yourself, don't allow people in your life who are going to talk down to you either. Exactly. And we need more people in our lives who are going to support us and build us up. And I love that you're that kind of friend and I'm not surprised, but I love (laughs) that, you know, that's really who you are to your core and what you said about you never talk down to yourself. Were you always like that? Because I think for so many of us, it's so easy to let And for me too, and I've talked about it on this podcast, but it's been so easy to let that negative self-talk take over. And so have you always had just that real 
I don't know, that real strong, positive self-talk. I mean, I guess I, I always have. I mean, even when I had severe acne and I mean, it was bad. I would go to the the store and people would stop me and be like, Hey, what are you doing to help your acne? And, oh my and it God, definitely, really? yeah, yeah. And it definitely Jeez. made me feel, yeah, it was horrible. I'd be so embarrassed, especially if I was like at a checkout counter and there was like 10 people behind me listening. And I definitely felt embarrassed and I definitely had insecurity of it, but I never allowed myself to believe it. And I think even my boyfriend, when, you know, because I didn't always have acne, it kind of just happened. And he told me, he was like, you know, I'm so surprised that you take it the way that you do, you know, like mm -hmm. so many people comment on it and you can kind of just crumble up into a shell. And I did develop depression and anxiety because of it, because I didn't feel as beautiful as I once felt, but I never spoke poorly to myself. And the only reason I didn't feel as beautiful as I once felt was because people reassured me of that, you know, like they yeah. let me know that I didn't look the way that I used to. But for my own self, I never, I was just like, you're going to get better. It's going to be fine. You know, one day, you know, something's going to happen and it's going to clear up. And, and, you know, it did. And I think when you stay positive with yourself, you know, there is a, a bigger light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't look so tiny and so far away. Yeah. I think it's about giving yourself that perspective and realizing that everything we're experiencing in the moment is temporary, including acne and including whatever else you're going through, you know, in that moment. And, and I love that you never let yourself believe any of it. And I think that's such an important point because I think too often we allow ourselves to think the negative and to think mm -hmm. the worst case scenario. And we forget, hello, there's another, there's another option. And you have the power to really embrace and believe that option and make it your truth. And, and, and you never let the negative be your truth, it sounds like. And, and that's really powerful. Yeah, I, I don't. I, you know, it's funny because, you know, negativity, I think sometimes comes naturally to all of us. You know, we always are expected and the first to think the worst in a situation. But, and I am sometimes like that, you know, I'm not always like this positive ray of sunshine, you know, like I can definitely, <laughs> if I'm moody, I could definitely be negative. But when it comes to myself, I never, if, you know, for instance, if I'm feeling like you don't look good in this, you ate too much, you have a little Chipotle baby, you know what I mean? I don't, I won't <laughs> yes. ever like, I won't ever sit there and be like, you're fat. I'll just be like, put something on that makes you feel more comfortable with the way your body looks right now. And that's, and call it a day. And that's just kind of what I do. Yeah. It sounds a lot like self-love to me. I think self-love goes really, really hand in hand with um, that positive self-talk. And for me, and I've been honest about that, on, about this on this podcast, but I've never, I didn't used to have that level of self-love and embracing myself. And for me, if I try something on, and this is not so much the truth anymore, but in the past, if I were to try something on and it didn't look good, it would be, I would be done. It would be like, I'm not going, I'm not comfortable. Nothing else is going to look good on me. I call myself names and we call it a day. But what I love is that that's not how you've treated yourself. And that's not how you speak to yourself. And what you do now is what I do now. Um, and it took me a while to get there. And I'm very honest about that. Um, but I think it's about developing kind of that self-love muscle. And it, it really sounds like you've done that or, or maybe you've kind of always had that. I think, you know, I think about this a lot because my mom was always the kind of person who would, I don't know, she would always just be like, oh, you're so beautiful. You have such thick hair and, you know, your body is so great and your style is so cute. And she told me all of those things at such a young age. And I never... 
I never was like, Oh my God, mom, you're right. I'm so beautiful because I would be in middle school and I'd be like, mom, you're crazy. This girl is so pretty. Mm. What are you thinking when you look at me? But I never, I never just, I guess because my mom and my sister, especially my sister just is always the person to lift me up. I think that I just always believed highly in myself because I'm like, if two people who love me greatly can see that I should see that too. And I think I just took that kind of from a young age and I just, I kind of just ran with it. I never have been the type of person to, you know, like you said, if, if, if I'm going somewhere and it happens often, I mean, my body, um, when I was going through the hormonal issues with my acne, I was fluctuating and weighed a lot. I've always been very thin, but I was getting too thin or I was gaining, uh, you know, pounds that I wasn't used to. So my clothes weren't fitting right. And like I said, I would never sit there and be like, you're too skinny or you've gained a little too much weight. I would just find something else that I felt comfortable in and I would leave my house. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of just what I choose to do because I don't, I just have never thought about talking badly. I love myself. You know, I just, I wouldn't talk badly to someone else. So I don't want to talk badly to myself. Yeah. And it's a choice. And I think, um, for so many of us, we forget, I said this earlier, but for so many of us, we forget that it's, that it's really a choice. And and I love your perspective and, and your point of view. And, and I think for many of us, I think we're starting to really move into that space where if we wouldn't tolerate someone else talking to us this way, then why is it okay for us to speak yeah. to ourselves that way? And I think it goes exactly. back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, to create a community and a vision and it's centered around empowerment and sisterhood and having our voices be heard. You know, you've got to start by empowering yourself. And that goes exactly. back to treating yourself the way that you would want someone else to treat you. And actually even better than the way that you would want someone else to treat you. I think it really has to start with you. How in your own life do do you authentically show up? I try my absolute hardest to be positive and support people's dreams and aspirations. I really do. I try to be open-minded about any and everything. You know, I try to be accepting and non-judgmental. I try, you know, to be the kind of person I want the world to be filled with. And it's not easy. You know, it doesn't always come naturally to me, like I said, because sometimes, you know, I, someone will say something, my brother of all people, you know, he'll do something and I'm like, what are you talking about? And I have to realize we're two incredibly different people and his happiness isn't the same thing that would cause me happiness. And I think that in those moments when I step back and I understand that this is going to make him happy, even if it wouldn't make me, that's kind of where it starts. Because I think to really work on it, you kind of have to spread that same kind of positivity and to show him of all people, because him and I are polar opposites, even though we're very close. If I'm able to accept the dreams that you have, and they're extremely different from mine, it's a great expression of self-love and self-acceptance. Because I think when you're able to accept someone else's happiness, it's because you've accepted happiness for yourself. And to me, I think that's the most authentic way for me to um, kind of show who I am is, is I kind of, I really try to practice what I preach in a way. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. And I love what you just said. I think by embracing someone else's dreams and vision, you know, it's a reflection of the fact that you've really embraced your own too. And um, I think that's so lost on so many people. I think they think that they can't do both simultaneously. Yeah. You know, because what I found in the beginning was that it's so easy to support someone who shares the same dreams as you. It's harder to support someone who doesn't. And when you're able to be non-judgmental and supportive of someone who is completely different and opposite of what your beliefs and your morals are, 
that's when I think true positivity is being spread because like I said, it's easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I support people, but if it's only your kind of person, mm-hmm. that's not real support, you know, yeah, that's selective. Yeah. And I think especially in the kind of political and social climate that we live in right now, I think there's a lot of impatience and intolerance. And it's so important to embrace another person's perspective and their dream and what their aspirations are, even when they don't necessarily, you know, completely align with your beliefs or your dreams and your aspirations. And I think, like you said, you know, once we get to that point where we're really doing that and we're doing that authentically, I think that's such a crucial part to it too. But when we get to the point where we're doing that, I think that's when we're really going to see some shifts and change in the way the world works and how we relate to one another. Definitely especially with the way things are right now. I think that's completely true. So how do you really seek joy in your life? I am a big kid at heart. So I love honestly doing things that like eight-year-olds do. <laughs> like I'm going to the Polar Express train in Miami and like, oh my week. God, I'm jealous. I, <laughs> I watch, you know, I, I go to Disney. I watch Disney movies. I'm obsessed with Disney princesses. And I, I make it a point to watch a Disney princess movie by myself every single week and just have alone time with me because I don't know when I watch them, it just, I feel so simple and young and carefree and happy. And it kind of just like grounds me in it. Like, you know, it, it kind of just like makes me remember like who I started off as, you mm-hmm. know? And so for me, just finding joy is just like in things that I enjoyed as a child, because when you enjoy them as a child, it's because you were your most free. Oh yeah. That's so interesting. You bring that up because I've been reading and seeing a lot lately about embracing our inner child and just how important that is for our growth, you know, moving forward. And, and so reminding yourself of the things you loved as a kid. And for me, it's Disney movies too. And I love being outside. I remember as a kid, you know, riding my bike and, you know, doing things that make you feel free and alive and kind of young at heart. And with everything going on, everything is so serious all the time. Mm -hmm. And so doing things that are lighthearted and carefree and not serious, I think there's so much joy in that. You know, one of the biggest things I do when I'm stressed out, I, when I'm driving in my car, I put on, let it go. And I sing the heck out of that song. Oh my God. And it's, I don't know what it is. It just like releases so much tension. And I'm just like, yes. Like I just think that it it is, it's exactly what you're saying. It is so important to embrace your inner child. And I always have, I've I always feel like, you know, I am in my 20s, but I feel like I'm a teenager still. And I think that's important. It really is. And I love that you listen to Let It Go from Frozen because (laughs) my favorite Pandora station is Broadway. I think it's like Broadway All-Stars or something, but they always put so much Disney music in it. And so when that comes on, like all the songs from Hercules, you know, like the animated version, I'm like, I blast it. And I don't care what the guy in the car next to me thinks, you know, I'm like, I'm having a good time and I'm excited and like living my best life in that moment. And I love that you say that (laughs) because I was about to say my, my favorite Pandora station is Disney princess radio and it's the best station ever. (laughs) Thank you for introducing me to a new Pandora station. I literally am going to write that down, but yeah, I mean, it's really about just reminding yourself of the things that you've, you know, always enjoyed and have always lifted your spirits up. And I say this all the time, but when I'm in a bad mood, I literally put on that Pandora station and like in five minutes, I'm, I've turned it around for myself, you know, because it's, yeah. it's kind of like singing and reminding yourself, you know, of that you can kind of get outside of yourself and get out of your own way in those moments and, and do things that are just going to really like 
flip the switch on your mood. You know, it's so important to have Definitely. to have those kind of resources at your disposal. So I guess kind of going along the same line, I mean, what does that joy feel like for you? Joy for me is just true happiness and comfort and compatibility. You know, I relate joy to people and, you know, those rare occasions when you kind of meet someone and you just click with them instantly and you converse so easily and you, and you like walk away from that encounter thinking, my God, that was such a joy. There's such a joy to be around. I think to me, that's what joy feels like when you really meet someone that you kind of just connect with on all levels. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think when it's easy, right? And and you don't have to force the conversation and um, it's a really positive interaction. You kind of walk away with that kind of emotional high is how I describe it. And it's Mm -hmm. such a good feeling and it and it really fills you up. And I totally relate to that feeling. Do you have like moments in your day to day or just in your life in general where you felt like it's been hard to get back to that place of feeling that joy? Not now, because I think I've brought myself out of, you know, when I had depression and anxiety, I had agoraphobia as well. It kind of just goes hand in hand with it. And when I was at my lowest point with depression and anxiety, I felt like I was at the bottom of the earth. I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to get back up there and resurface. I'm down here forever. I didn't even know what joy looked like. And I think once with the help of a very good friend of mine and just kind of myself, I, once I pulled myself out of that, I never allowed myself to lose a sense of joy again, because once I had captured it, I realized how great it was. And I think for people, anybody who is suffering and they may be, even if it's nothing serious like depression or anxiety, but even if you've had a bad day at work, I think the most important thing is to bring yourself back to a moment that you felt the most joy in. And if that moment was literally 10 years ago, go do that moment again, Mm -hmm. recreate that moment and relive it. Because if that's bringing you joy, you need more of it in your life. Yeah. I love that. It's about reminding yourself, you know, of those, those things and those moments. And I've certainly been there and I have had moments in my life where I suffered from, like you said, you know, pretty intense depression and anxiety. And, um, I've had a roller coaster kind of, of an emotional life, I would say. And I think I've kind of studied the roller coaster in the last, um, um, maybe maybe a year or so, but I totally relate to what you're saying. And, and I think it's such a really good piece of advice to say, remind yourself of, you know, those things and those moments that brought you joy and made you feel alive. And, and also, you know, the point about reaching out to other people, I think, I think that's so crucial. But again, you know, when you're kind of in the thick of it, it's sometimes really hard to do that. And so it's so great to have people in your life who will just reach out to you too, you know what I mean? And and not wait for you to pick up the phone. Yeah. And you know, I think something interesting with reaching out to others when you're kind of at your lowest is you think it's a burden, but sometimes someone will love you so much that it hurts them to see you like that. And they Mm -hmm. want to help you. And you know, when I let someone else on, you know, at the time I didn't know she was trying to help me her little devious self, but she, (laughs) um, she did. And she helped me and she helped me in a way that empowered me beyond belief. And she kind of she brought me to a place that I didn't know existed within myself. And she pushed me to a limit that I never thought that I would get to because I was so fearful of everything, having anxiety. And because of her, I found what brought me joy. And I think, you know, when you allow someone else to help you, 
they can open up a new world to you that you didn't know existed. And for me that happened. And now whenever I do feel myself kind of like this mundane routine or, you know, something like that, because it does happen, you know, where I I get too into a routine of something and I kind of get bored and I kind of feel like what is going on. I do like to bring myself back to doing that. I love that you had someone in your life who uh, who was really trying to reach out and help you. And um, we're lucky in the sense that we definitely have those people in our lives, you know, whether it was now or in, or in the past or in the future. And yeah, just the ability to sort of step outside yourself, right? And, and uh, remind yourself of what brings you joy. And even if it just means a 15 minute walk around the block, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy or, you know, crazy. It just needs to be what will feel good for you in that moment. Definitely. So for you, I mean, where do you feel the most like yourself? You know, I really don't have an honest answer for you. You know, I still feel like I'm finding myself and growing and evolving and there is no me yet. Mm -hmm. There are so many versions of myself right now that I can't necessarily say where I'd feel like most like myself because there's so many versions of myself. So I think on any given day, it depends on who I feel like, you know, but I think maybe probably I feel the best in Disney world. I can say I feel the best in Disney world. Not sure if it's more like myself, but the best. I think that's such an honest answer to that question too, because the more I reflect on that question, I realize that for me, it really depends on the day. So there may be days where I feel the most like myself when I'm outside on a walk. And then there are other days where I feel the most like myself when I'm spending time with those closest to me. And I just, I think Mm -hmm. it really depends, you know, but I, I think it's just important to know for yourself where those places or where those feelings are. Cause I think for so many of us, we don't know. So for somebody, you know, who's just starting out and maybe they're, in the position that you were in. And I guess I was in too, you know, where you're following one path and you think it's, you know, your path and what you're going to do. And then the next thing you know, you realize this isn't, this isn't for you. It's not fulfilling. You're not having maybe the kind of impact on others that you want to have. And so for someone who's in that position and maybe they want to follow what they're passionate about, what would be your biggest piece of advice? You know, when I first started opening up to people about the right dose before we had launched, the biggest feedback that I was receiving from people were that they were so proud of me, but like low-key jealous, they would say. And I, you know, I would ask why. And, you know, they said it was because they they felt so kind of proud that I, I walked away from something because the job I walked away from was a really great job. And they were just like, you walked away from kind of everything you knew to start something that you were passionate about that you have no idea if it's going to fail. And they were like, we all want to do that. And we, and we don't. And, you know, so for me, I think that, and I, like I told them, you know, if you have something that you are passionate about an idea that you have, if you're not ready to quit your job yet, or you're not able, if you're, you know, never able to quit your job, whatever, take time to do it. Just focus on it. Don't be afraid. Don't overanalyze. Don't talk yourself out of it. You know, if it's going to make you happy or you think it's going to cause some type of positive effect to the world, you know, you have to do it because it's only going to just make you happier. You're only going to feel better from doing it. You're going to wonder your whole life. What if I would have done that? Because time eventually does start running out. You know, God forbid someone comes up with the same idea or you get older or you have more kids or you know, you're just not even in a place with work that you can ever quit and leave because for whatever reason, you just have to take it from the moment that you feel it and you have to go after it. Yeah. I love that. I think uh, it's about taking the risk, right? And, and sometimes it does mean walking away from everything, you know, but I'm starting to realize that's really where the magic is. For me, it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Because you're stepping into who you really are and what you're really passionate about and following yeah. your, your heart that way. So what is your biggest dream? My biggest dream is the same dream that I've had since I was 15 years old. It's to be a published author. I wrote my first book at 15 when I felt the most isolated and alone in the, in the hardships that I was facing. And I won't publish that book because I think it was just too personal, but I've definitely taken bits from that book and applied it into what I'm writing now. Yeah. But my biggest form of, I guess, helping people is through my writing. And the book that I have is is a dream of mine to publish. And it, it, this website and writing and, and this book and just any way that I can help people is my biggest dream. Mm, I love that. And it's going to happen. I think it's amazing you have that dream and you know what it is you want to do and, and what you're going after. And uh, and I feel like you really started that momentum for yourself with the right dose too. Yeah, I definitely – I feel like with the right, I'm on the right track and I think that's kind of what keeps me grounded and it keeps me focused is knowing that I may not be on the, the path that – you know, other authors take, but I'm on my own path and I think it will lead to it eventually. Yeah. I think that's a great point too, is that it's your path and it's your journey and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. And I think that's such an important message for so many, because I think we see cutouts, you know, of what we think our life should be and what the path should be, because maybe someone's in a career or a phase in their life that we want to be in ourselves. But yeah, everyone has a different journey and a different pace and um, everyone's path looks different. And I think that's just so important for all of us to remember. And it's your path and it's your journey and and it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to for you. Yeah. Thank you. I hope it does I think it too. Will. So where can everyone find the right dose and more information and, and start reading and getting involved? Well, our actual website is called therightdose.com and right is spelled W-R-I-T-E. And we have an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter, and it is at the right dose. And if anybody would like to contribute at the very bottom of the right dose, we have a section um, and it is called uh, the submit. And you can submit, you know, even if it's just a simple email asking me how to contribute and, you know, I'll definitely email you back and let you know how. And we accept, like I said, all writers and, you know, photographers, and we like to collaborate a lot. And, you know, so any ideas you have, we're always welcome to them because we really like to empower and, and help any way and that we can with anyone's business or. So. Yeah. And I would just encourage anyone who's listening to get involved and to, you know, share their voice. And even if it's just interacting, you know, on social media, I think the more we're all involved in and lifting each other up and making that space, you know, for others to stand on our shoulders, I think, I think the better. Yeah, definitely. You know, we actually have, um, we have a collaboration coming up soon with a, with a jewelry line and it wasn't even necessarily something I wanted to do for the site to begin with. It wasn't an idea that I had, but she is so passionate about it and I loved it and I just went with it, you know? So with, when, if you have an idea like that, I think the biggest thing is to reach out to people because even if it doesn't necessarily show that they have something like that on their page already, it doesn't hurt to ask because, you know, it happened with her and now we're collaborating, you totally. know? So I think you kind of just should reach out to any and everybody that you can. Agreed. Agreed. I love that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was an awesome conversation. I loved learning more about you and what inspired you to really start and 
create the right dose. And I just think you're creating such an important message and creating the dialogue and opening up the space really, I think for all of us and maybe young women especially to really have, I don't know, a more meaningful conversation and you're putting out a more meaningful, uplifting message and, you know, spreading the message of self-love and self-expression and acceptance and sisterhood and community. And I'm just so excited to see where you go next. So thank you so, so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, hopefully the start of many, right? (laughs) Yeah.